Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Now, of course, there is a, a lot that is packed into those few verses, but verse 3 is the key. Uh, for in verse 3, Paul says that you died. You died. What does it mean by that? Well, these Colossian Christians, they used to be very alive to the world. Just like people today, living for our pleasures, for our possessions, for our comforts, to be the idols of this world, but in the vain shop that we have tried to find fulfillment. After living for the moment, to really own our very existence. Now, this, of course, is the essence. This is the very heart of sin. Uh, to live not for our Creator, but to live for ourselves and to live for the things which He has created. Which is why, as we saw a couple of weeks back in chapter 1, verse 20, that when Jesus shed His blood on the cross, that He was punished for our sin. He was punished in our place. So what Paul is saying in verse 3 is that since Christ has died for your sins, then you are united with Christ in his death. Which means that when we place our trust in Jesus' death for us, guess what it means? He also died. That is, the person who we used to be is now dead and buried. For in Christ, we have a new person, a new creation. You see, what happened to Jesus after his death? Well, as we especially remember next Sunday, it is that he was raised to life. So that just as we are united with Christ in his death, so too in verse 1 it says, Paul, are we united with Christ in his life, in his resurrection? It's interesting to think about what that means. Well, where is Christ now? Well, he's in heaven, isn't he? He's at the right hand of God the Father, that is a position of authority. That's got some big implications. Because it means that you and I, if we put our faith in Christ, if we are united with him, then we are now united with the one who is the king, the one who is ruling the universe. That is our identity. Jesus, because we're all 
But it is still not there. We are in the relation. Date of the and the Lord. So what are the things about ourselves which need to change? Well, in verses 5 through 11, Paul lists some of those things which we must change. Actually, there's two lists. Uh, firstly, uh, Paul gives us a list of the things which the world actually will satisfy. In verse 5, 7, where he says in verse 5, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. He used to walk in these ways in the life he once lived. Now, in that survey, uh, what people wanted to change about themselves boiled down to their appearance and their bank balance. Not surprising, given the emphasis our culture places on sex and on possessions. Of course, uh, there are enough thinking people in the world who have gotten painful experience rather than elements that these things just make for satisfaction. But the stuff which feeds our minds, which feeds the minds of men, says the opposite. But in this world, we are uh, subject to the constant people of, of images and of other people's values which send out the message that sex before and sex outside of marriage is, is fine. The bit of pornography, the impure thoughts, the past, it's all okay because it recommends this is fine. It's the stuff of the heart. So they say. Same with positions. The message is that the more you have, the more you'll satisfy with be. So we become greedy things. And we never satisfy. It's idolatry. Friend, either is a position, either is a relationship, either is anything in our lives, which makes the cause of the position in our affections, in our lives, in our actions. It takes first place in our lives. And that is why the wrath of God is coming. It's why Jesus died and rose for us. It's no longer done. Therefore, since we are now raised in Christ, we are to put these things to death. Now, Paul's second list is found in verses 8 to 10. But let me read those for you. He says, But men only must rid themselves of all such things as these anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which has been renewed in the image of its creator. Now, many years ago, and when I was studying dating, dating classes in both of my, my 20s, something very strange happened to my wardrobe in the back. I discovered that most of my clothes had been thrown out. My favourite jeans and shorts, my favourite t-shirts and sloppy joes, they, they're all gone. Uh, except for the, the beard, they've been replaced. I was a new man, outwardly, 
take off that old set of clothes and put on the new set of clothes. We are now clothed with Christ. And we ought to be united in love for one another. He is his Paul, there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, slave, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Now, I think the first century, that set of people categories, that's how the world was divided. We, we, don't, we, don't, we don't divide people in those ways, and what if they connect to a barbarian slave or something like that? We were all Scythians or slaves, we could get we have divisions, don't we? How do we have that as people? Race? Skin color? Age? Ethnicities? Bank balance? Social status? These were all outward differences which made one set divide us. We're not just sinners. We're him, Christ, God, and those of them. We're in the same boat. We have the same power to change. Notice that Paul says that Christ is all, and Christ is in all. So if, if you are in Christ, then no matter your background, no matter who you are, Christ dwells in you always. What that means? In verse 10, we are dwelling in you by Christ dwelling in us. We are being changed, we are being recreated back into the image which was distorted into the garden of Eden by sin. We are being renewed back into the image of the one who created us. And it doesn't happen like that. It's a long-term process. Because we've, we've all got some of those old clothes, haven't we? We've got some of the, the old self in us. The old self that says that what I really need to change in order to be fulfilled is my appearance or my back balance or my... The old self which says that it's all about me, my interests, my pleasures, and if anyone crosses me, I will defend myself, I'll get angry, and I'll stand with them, and I'll... But we've got to be honest, haven't we? We need to change. An older Christian brother, a very dear man, had a problem with the discouraging and the rude way that he would use his tongue. I remember speaking to him one day, and he said, you can't worry about things, Scott. It's just who I am. It was a rare moment to follow up uh, in which I responded to him by saying, Dear, that's something about the way you are which you need to change. Perhaps you. I'm not asking, uh, is there something in your life which you need to change? That would be a redundant question, wouldn't it? Because I'm sure that the answer would be yes, as it certainly is. Myself. You're not alone. The better question is what is it in your life you need to change? It's not so that you can achieve your potential as a human being, although ironically you actually will in Christ, 
the mother suddenly gives a picture of true identity as someone who has died with Christ, as someone who has been raised with him. But I was to send you something not of the world, but rather that I would see something of Christ. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for Jesus. We thank you that in him that we are indeed dead to ourselves and we are a new creation. Father, we thank you for his death and resurrection that gives us the solace. We pray for ourselves that we would be men and women, boys and girls who would live, but not with our minds set on this world and all that it promises, but rather that we would be heavenly minds and that we would be reflecting the attitudes, the behaviour of Christ in our lives, that others might see us something good and be drawn to you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.